Welcome to ESG in 10, a podcast delving into the world of ESG 10 minutes at a time. We're your hosts, Charlotte O'Mara and Agnieszka Cochran, Senior ESG Specialists here at Fedante. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fedante ESG in 10 podcast, where we will delve into the world of ESG investing at Fedante. Today, I am thrilled to welcome Jonathan Quigley, partner of Cultivate Funds Management, a venture capital fund focused on agriculture and food technology based in Orange in regional New South Wales. JJ is joining us today to discuss the agri-food tech sector and how emerging technologies will reimagine the food and farming system. JJ, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Charlotte. So for those that are unfamiliar with this space, can you tell us a bit about the agri-food tech sector? Absolutely. And uh, I, I guess the, 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 the genesis of uh, our interest here really relates from growing up on a farm in regional New South Wales, uh, working in uh, finance uh, with agricultural uh, bent to it, and uh, you know, more recently um, having established a, an investment firm uh, specifically focused in the area of ag and food technology. So I guess as it relates to the sector, um, agriculture has always been influenced by technology right from its very beginnings. Um, in more recent times, we've seen an emphasis and a significant influence around uh, new uh, technologies, the ability to digitise the sector and capacity to uh, improve on uh, a sector that's absolutely critical uh, and essential uh, for our existence. Uh, I guess from a, a broader perspective, our interests uh, lie specifically in, the, in fostering the linkages of uh, animal health, uh, nutritious food and supporting mental health and our uh, human performance. And in thinking about some of these big issues and some of these big areas, what are some of the sustainability challenges currently facing primary producers in Australia? It's an interesting question, Charlotte. Uh, I guess looking at it from a a very high-level perspective, we are seeing significant changes occurring in other parts of the world around policy. Europe uh, seemed to be uh, leading the charge and the likes of the Netherlands, uh, at the peak of that, and you know, I, I assume Greece will be a laggard, uh, but across the board, Europe are progressing significantly in um, just in enhancing our impact on the landscape uh, from a natural capital perspective, um, whilst also ensuring that you know, we can continue to uh, be fed uh, as a globe. How that links back into uh, our domestic scene with agriculture, you know, really it comes to market access as a, a key and critical factor around sustainability. Um, We want to ensure that we are producing products uh, with the high quality and the quality assurance that we currently uh, surround agriculture with in line with practices that are going to be globally acceptable. And market access into places like Europe as they start to push their policy approach down through the rest of the world is something we need to keep a keen eye on and adapt ahead of the charge rather than being forced to via our own policy. Very interesting, some of the challenges that are being faced. And so with challenge also comes opportunity and the opportunity for solutions. And your investment philosophy at Cultivate centres around investment in agricultural and food technologies to reimagine the food and farming system. With that in mind, where do you see the emerging opportunities are in terms of investment opportunities in this space? 
Yeah, we're optimistic about agriculture and we look at it from an opportunity perspective uh, and, a, and a challenge perspective. And if we think about the areas that we have invested in, uh, you know, certainly the biological world, uh, so biotechnology, agriculture is in the physical environment. Uh, and so you can't avoid uh, uh, playing uh, outside of that if you want to make a difference in the sector. Uh, digitization is one part of agriculture and, and software uh, can assist, but you know, we do have significant uh, exposure to hardware that's going to improve practices through automation and robotics. We have investments in um, uh, biotechnology relating to seed traits and genetics and uh, uh, certain types of uh, feed to reduce methane impact. And so, so you know, we have to uh, ensure that we are uh, uh, I guess paying homage to a sector that has gotten us to where we are now, but equally address uh, the challenges and opportunities in a proactive way, providing tools to producers to be able to continuously improve. So JJ, can you give me some examples of the kinds of technologies that you are investing in to support the agricultural system? Of course. This is the exciting part. And uh, over the last five years, we've invested in almost 40 companies globally in the ag and food technology field. Um, we've got examples of uh, feed um, additives where we can help farmers reduce the impact of uh, methane output from livestock. Um, at the moment, that's mostly focused in uh, feedlots, but uh, equally um, working on ways and strategies to uh, have an impact, impact in, in field. Got a business in Australia that is looking to uh, improve the way farmers can capture carbon in the soil and embed it in the soil as a, a more permanent state. Uh, that'll, that'll allow things like um, climate adaptability, improved yields, uh, better moisture retention, and of course, uh, assist the globe in um, capturing carbon in, a, in an area where you know, our soils are at need. As we talk about the digitization process uh, for agriculture, we also need the pipework to enable that. And so we've got an investment in an organization in Australia that assists in the um, uh, last farm wide Wi-Fi. And, and that allows devices and uh, activities that are uh, linked and, and, and require connectivity. And that then links it back into you know, a, a, a range of networks that assist farmers in making decisions in real time. And we think that will be impactful as it relates to things like automation and robotics in providing you know, lower latency, the capacity for machinery to be automated in a, uh, a, a more effective and material way. On automation and robotics, we've got an investment that has uh, robots in greenhouses in Australia that um, promotes uh, the pollination. Uh, of uh, plants like tomato and peppers and um, cucumbers. Uh, we're not allowed uh, bumblebees in Australia for biosecurity reasons, and so the application of pollination for those plants is expensive, and uh, this company has worked out a way to do this effectively uh, via vision and, uh, and uh, automation. And, and they're seeing uh, opportunities in other parts of the world, like uh, Northern Europe, where there's very little sunlight. Got a business in the US that's used a technology out of the University of Tel Aviv that uh, using seed traits to allow the plant to fluoresce on the leaf when it's under certain abiotic stresses. So things like uh, bug pressure or drought tolerance can be identified via visuals, things like satellite, but uh, John Deere recently invested in this company because they've got cameras proposed to be on implements with tractors going through fields enabling real-time 
application of uh, response. Got a business in Australia and the UK that is um, allowing the regeneration of land. Uh, so think um, my, old mine sites or um, mangrove uh, regions. They've got uh, a range of exciting projects where they're looking to use both the, the activity of um, replanting and revegetating areas, but more importantly, the ongoing maintenance and, uh, uh, and, and compliance around the actions actually being effective and what that looks like on an ongoing basis. Uh, and another business out of uh, Northern Australia that's using data to help farmers make better decisions in real time. So you can see from that range of uh, activity, we've got uh, you know, a whole bunch of tools that are all trying to positively impact the way that farmers go about their day. On a personal note, what has driven your passion to explore this space and to really uh, look at investment in some of these technologies? Well, uh, initially, it was my direct... Uh, uh, exposure, knowledge, background in the sector. Uh, in more recent times, it's the people. I have connected with hundreds of people over the past seven years in the sector. Some really interesting, clever, dynamic people, some from within the sector, some from outside it. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's the people that is getting us out of bed to do what we're doing. Uh, we're excited about the future. How can we help these early innovators shine uh, and be a part of the story. And, uh, you know, I guess from a, from a passion perspective, it, it wasn't hard um, to establish the beginnings of exposing ourselves to this uh, field. Um, but certainly as we've undertaken more and more activity within it, we've, um, our enthusiasm's only been enhanced. Fantastic. Well, we are very eager to continue watching your fund grow and watching the agri-food tech sector uh, grow more broadly. So JJ, thank you so much for your time today. Brilliant. Thank you, Charlotte. And that is a wrap for this episode of ESG in 10, where we have delved into the world of agri-food tech with Cultivate. If you like this episode and want to hear more about ESG investing at Fidante, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, as we will be releasing new episodes every few weeks. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to you joining us next time for ESG in 10 with Fidante.